0: Nothing but the best from Bucky and BK as usual, man. Um, It is tough to follow, but it's great to follow. Welcome to have everybody with us on Chaos Series. It's already gotten started here. You can find me on Twitter, not the fake wags. You can find Rodney Rodriguez at the Rodney R and on the gram at the underscore Rodney R. I'm at the wagon wire on the gram how are you my friend you look fantastic boy so do you look at us we're all dressed apart you know i even shaved the chest because i had some taco meat going a little bit man Taco, dude you read my mind today we're talking about all
1: this we're talking about all these junky foods and all that today is national taco day did you know that
0: Um, you know what great minds think alike i did not know that maybe it was just on the back of my uh back of my subconscious here man uh go to so what's your favorite taco mine's i mean this is going to be really uh really shallow of me really low class here but man my uh my favorite taco is the doritos locos taco from taco (laughs) bell bro
1: (laughs) oh my god so 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 my favorite taco and again, here's so so I'm I'm like you know, when when Bucky talks about with Jeter, you know, kind of being the uh, whatever he calls with the two different uh, uh so I had you know, something ready
0: for for Bucky's Jeter today, buddy. I
1: had <laughs> yeah, I had I, I got the Cal Ripken bat. How about that? I got that? a bat laying over here myself somewhere, I just can't find How it. About that? my, my, dude, that's badass. My favorite taco is at my aunt's house in Lytton Springs, Texas. I'm not giving out the address because she don't want all of you people going over there to bother her, but let, let well, me you, tell you. That what's you people no not you i'll take you there oh, okay. i mean everybody else you know trying to go knock on my aunt dora's house and be like hey double r says these tacos are unbelievable um let me tell you there, there is a nice hidden gym over um in in north austin on the northeast side of austin called called ken's tacos and subs Where You go you in there going? dude let me, let
0: me put the bat down and write this down
1: you, Ken's tacos and subs. Um, I think it's a uh, man. I, I can't remember. I haven't been over there in so long, but man, you can get you a fatty, you know, what depending uh, on, I know a lot of folks like different kinds of fatties, but you can go over there and get you a big old fat taco dude. And you, man, you eat one of those and it's like, okay, done for the day. Ken's tacos and subs. Google it, find it. I mean, I know you've got taco delis and all these other different places. And the back, the coolest part about the taco thing is for me wags is when you get San Antonio and, and Austin all pissed off back and forth, we got the better tacos and all this other stuff. And then like Corpus Christi is like, uh, by the way,
0: we're better than both of (laughs) y'all.
1: We're better than both of
0: y'all. I don't think I've had, I don't think I've had too much food from corpus or from down like in the valley like i mean yeah. authentic food like i say that i've had tex Mex, but mm-hmm. really i haven't had that much cuisine except for like in dallas or austin haven't had that much cuisine in, in houston either man i heard you yeah. get some you know a little creole kind of splashed in down there as mm-hmm. well man i'd love to try that stuff i need to get more cultured with my food with my palate here rodney Next time that I take next
1: time that I go to Corpus on a racing trip, I'm going to take you with me uh, because what, what, what I like that they do, what I like that they do way in the valley, like in Harlingen and all those other places over there, they, they, they make amazing hot sauce. They make amazing Chile. I mean, people say sauce, Chile hot sauce. I, got I mean, you. So, so they make Chile, but it's it's hot. I mean, it's like seriously hot. I mean, not not room temperature. It, it, it's it's warm, and you dip chips and you dip tortillas and all this different stuff in there, dude. And it is unbelievable. But that's way deep. That's way deep in the valley, right along
0: the border. Well, now you're whispering sweet nothings to me, man. Rolling your R's and uh and L's and stuff, and uh, talking that love language to me, man. <laughs> making me hot and bothered. Hey, man, we got a great show lined up today, man. We're gonna talk a little bit about baseball here. Just a little bit, right? Because we only got baseball. We got elimination games today, man, in Major League Baseball for the postseason. We also got to talk Texas OU, like we already alluded to, Rodney. Big lineup here coming up. We got a guest from Boomer Bevo Podcast, John Whitson, coming on here. Uh, can't wait to see what he breaks down for the Texas OU game. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. The line is still stable so far, man. But what have you, has your. Feelings changed a little bit are you are you feeling a little bit more relaxed going into this game cuz the line being as close as it was with only 6 I do like the touchdown man but I again I felt like when this thing first comes off the page at you it feels more like a 3 to 4 point matchup to me
1: Yeah you know I um I go back to the status of JT Sanders because I I, th- I think J T Sanders is worth at least a touchdown, and I think that's where that line fluctuating the way it is right now. I, I think that's kind of the one thing. And 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 when I say status, you you know, one is he going to play? Two, what percentage of of J T Sanders do you get? I, I mean, is he going to be able to to be a decoy, or, or what? How would that work? We talked about that yesterday, but. I really think that's a huge thing when you start looking at that line. Don't, don't you think? I mean, because it absolutely, that, dude, factor, JT yeah. Sanders
0: JT Sanders is going to be, well, you, the catalyst is actually Quinn years because the ball goes through him every sure. time, but JT sure. Sanders is the, is the most dynamic player on the, on the field here. Uh, let's hear, I mean, I know this was from after the game, but let's hear just an update on Sarkeesian again, or from Sarkeesian again on JT Sanders. And then we'll follow that as the season or as the week progresses.
2: Uh, he got rolled up. Um, you know uh we're we're hopeful we're gonna get him back by next week um you know it's gonna how does he respond? you know it's not anything that we think is truly a structural it's not a broken bone or a torn ligament or something, but how bodies respond is how they respond, you know, and so I know our medical staff and he will do all the work that they can to get him as healthy as they can uh, and see if he's gonna to be able to play or not next week We'll find out um, we just didn't feel like. I was, you know, we kind of watched him run on the sidelines and we just didn't feel like it was going to be in his best interest to, to put him back out there in kind of the state that he was in.
0: And you, you heard, you know, everybody break this down a little bit throughout the week. It was felt like more of like a precautionary pull just to make sure that it doesn't damage him, you know, going further into the future. I thought it was the right move and, you know, um, you'd like to think that if it really is a matter of life or death, JT Sanders is going to be out there for Texas OU, right? Not just because of the hype game and whatnot and the hoopla and Mm -hmm. and the pageantry of of all that. And I mean, no one wants to make Texas OU, but this going into the season, I said that the pivotal matchup was clearly Alabama, but all throughout the campaign, the battlefield shifts, right? The the landscape of the battlefield changes. And that's what's happened now, right now, the, toughest opposition is OU and once you get this battle I mean it's it's a it's a a battle of system barriers right once you get past one structural breakthrough you get to the another you get to the next one and then once you get to this next you know part of the climax of it boom now it starts to get a little bit easier for you but you got to take care of business here if you get this you like to think that 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 proclamation of 12 and 0 like I i kind of joked about, but really, man, I thought it was kind of doable. Rodney, if you, if you accomplish this, it is really feasible here, brother.
1: Texas wins this game and this is going to be a game of adjustments. I mean, we'll talk about it, you know, throughout the week as we get closer, but, but I mean, it's It's going to be adjustments. I mean, I know a lot of folks talking about with the Alabama game and, and Alabama, yes, that they have bounced back nicely, but in a lot of different ways, you know, whether it be you know with the Oklahoma secondary and, and so forth. This is going to be the best test for 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 Texas uh, up to this point. But here's here's the other part of this, dude. Here's here's where the pressure cooker uh you go into the deep fryer right here if you take care of business on Saturday at the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma in the rivalry game right here. This is where the eyes of the nation are going to be saying, "Okay, Texas is 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 seriously legit now because you've beaten two. You've beaten two um, legitimate top teams, and now th- th- there's going to be a Kansas? lot of focus, especially when all the other teams are kind of struggling a little bit too. In my Would you opinion.
0: call, Kansas a legitimate team. I'd still call Kansas a legitimate team,
1: top twenty five team in my opinion, dude. I don't give a damn. You know, I know the quarterback wasn't able to start, but I mean, still, dude, I say Wyoming was a legitimate team, and and well,
0: Wyoming, I a- we are, we talked about it. Wyoming's going to go uh, eight and five. Yeah.
1: I get a lot of pushback on that. And and it's like, I mean, to me, I mean, the Wyoming win, the Kansas win. I mean, you look at the Texas schedule. I mean, you, you go to the Rice game and I mean, the the Rice game is what it is. And, and the one, the one game that on this Texas schedule where Texas looked a little vulnerable, what was the Rice game, but hell it's, it's number one out of the gate. I mean, you're, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're going to lack precision and all that shit. And that's what happened. But since then, and Wags, I go back to the second half of this game is going to be tremendous on 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 Saturday. That that's where this game gets won. I think we have a slugfest in the first half. Yeah, and the trenches, half. and then and then yeah. definitely,
0: you know, yeah. definitely the second half. And that's where Sarkeesian likes to to lay on you know the lumber, so to speak, with uh, with the heavy hitting with with John Brooks, right? And you like you are going to go into a matchup like this. You are going to have to be changing pace. You are going to you are going to have to be laying the lumber but you're also going to have to be switching it up and getting a little bit of uh, dynamic speed with C- with CJ Baxter and I'd like to sprinkle some blue on there man I think we talked about having the Bell Cow running back yesterday I thought about it man I'd love to see Brooks get 20 touches but I also think that you need to be changing pace and keeping stuff fresh um I maybe you implement that you know into your your 11 personnel, if you want to bring it out that way, that way, you know, you have max wide receivers on the field, but you can also have, you know, some mismatches between linebackers and the, and the running backs. I think that's a possibility, especially you're going to have to do that if JT Sanders is not a go. Um, yeah. Optimistically thinking, I feel like JT Sanders will be out there. He causes a dynamic threat, but also you got to think worthy too on the outsides, man. Worthy being able to stretch it vertically, but... What I liked what Sarkeesian said a couple of days ago is that Ewers Ewers wasn't forcing the ball down the field vertically. He was getting it to his playmakers in space, which to me, Mm -hmm. I think that's the key component going forward into this. This week, it will be clearly takeaways versus turnovers, right? We talk about being battle of the trenches, right? But whoever can keep the clean game, especially between these two quarterbacks here, and we'll go between the quarterback breakdowns and matchup here um, shortly in just a second. But if you can keep a clean game going into this and just not force errors and throw the ball downfield and take what the de- take what the defense gives you to not get too cliche – um Allow that space that is utilized in between the middle, like I was talking about, where Oklahoma struggled with against Cincinnati. Allow viewers to utilize that space, whether it be Whittington, Sanders, or Worthy in one on ones, or or hell, you know, Mitchell had one hell of a game coming off of a 10 game reception, too. There's, we talked about the toys in the toy chest, right? You got to use them properly, right? Don't force them and, and, you know, shove them downfield when there's so much space to be had in the middle of the field.
1: Yeah, and you can go back. Uh, the, the, one of the most intriguing things to me about the Red River Shootout, Texas, Oklahoma, whatever you want to call it, you know, over the years, and I watched a lot of these ball games, is that you end up with you end up with a with with this contest, just the rivalry, the the magnitude of it. I mean, arguably, depending who you ask, the best rivalry, the best game that you're going to find in college football. There's always a breakout star.
0: I th- the, I think uh, not always. Is. I mean, you can say Michigan, Ohio State, like everybody's going to. That that gets a lot of luster, man. But dude, Texas OU, man, Th- there's a reason why they have it at noon every year. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? There's, and it's not, it's not because it's what everybody wants to see at noon. It's for the damn safety. BK was yeah. joking about it. Somebody's got to die, right? To make the rivalry great. Nah, maybe just lose a couple of limbs. You know, that's it. That's yep. all you need, yep. man. Nobody yep. needs to die. That's, that's, that's a little extreme, is what we were, we were joking with here. But, uh, but all you know, all jokes aside, though, I mean, it would be nice to have this game other than noon for once, man. So you can get a little bit of tailgating in, enjoy a little bit of the damn food without having to miss any of the game. Yeah. Hell, I'm rambling again. I, I do want to ask you. I can
1: reference one thing, Wags. I'd love your thoughts on this. I, I was going to ask John this. Maybe we can ask him. I, I don't know. But I, I want to we'll ask thoughts. him. So, so, so here we go into this game. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma. The whole Big 12 thing, man, I hope that this is the first of two games between these two teams that happened this year, simply because of the whole exit from the Big 12 and and all of that. Dude, I I go back, you know, with with the A&M rivalry, you know, with Texas, everything changed in 1998. You know, the tragic bonfire. It's tough to beat a team twice. I, I know, I know, I know, but 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 you had you had in 1998 with the bonfire that happened right there, Texas that that bitter rivalry kind of that, that they came together a little bit, you know, A and M and Texas with what happened right there. Is this? I feel this way. This is kind of a unified effort right here. I think between Texas and Oklahoma to put on one hell of a show right here and showcase Big Twelve football on a national level. Yeah because we are going out the door bitches and, yeah. and I think uh, you can uh, you
0: can I'm call it you can call it a, a combined effort and a combined mm-hmm. arms attack all you want but I want a one sided attack I want to beat the hell out of these boys oh, and I for want sure. be bad man and I know for we're sure. trying to, we're going to be you know gentlemanly and and nice and kind with our guests coming on um but yeah we're going to keep it a uh we're definitely keeping it a burnt orange show, man. We definitely drink the Kool Aid here. That's for sure. We got to be professional, though. We got to be professional. But yeah, I want a one sided affair on Saturday, my brother, man. I don't care if it's, I don't think it's going to be 49 and nothing again. I, we talked about that the other day, too. I definitely don't think it's going to be 49 and nothing, but I would like to see one hell of a slug fest. Um, I want to see him come light
1: it up and play smash mouth football. The, uh,
0: yeah. I, I'm still, I'm still, shocked at the over here i mean it's climbed a little bit you it went from six and a you know it went from six to six and a half and that's also contributed to the total in points here but i mean my god you th- you'd like to think if you get into the shootout that gabriel can sling it as well man let's break these quarterbacks down a little we got into a little bit yesterday but what do you think's going to emerge best for gabriel moving for i mean which wide receiver you think is going to come to uh come to be the the leading wide receiver on Saturday. Anthony so far comes into this campaign leading with almost 400 yards through the air, 387, but only one touchdown. So he's struggling to get into the end zone, but where these dudes are nasty, where Oklahoma is nasty is major, major on third down, man. He is so fantastic, dude. He's hard to cover. Ford is going to, whether it be Ford or uh, Hill, I think Hill will be the one that is going to be able to uh, run with major, the best on third down. I think, I think out of the entire linebacking core hill is probably the the quickest out of all three of them i know benda can fly i mean he's he's been moving great you know tackle to tackle but dude for me hill is the most dynamic out of these three um he's going to have a tough matchup with major and walker coming out of the back because walker can get it done coming out of the backfield for ou too um it's just a matter of it's a matter of gap responsibility, obviously, shutting down the run that we talked about, man, forcing them to get in behind the chains mm-hmm. and then getting them into long situations. If you can do that and then keep the keep the offense in front of you and still allow them to maybe get into like a fourth and three where they actually have to punt. They don't have to get into that four down territory. That's where it's going to be able to uh, be advantageous for for Texas, man. That's what I'm hoping happens on Saturday and and Rodney, that's kind of the key breakdown for me is is stopping these backs. I know that the wide receivers are, are nasty. Uh, you know, OU comes out here touting, what, 350 through the air per week. Man, that's pretty sick. But the most balanced attack usually is what wins, and that's what I think Texas has coming into Saturday
1: yeah and and i really do think like i mentioned a while ago I, I think this is going to be a really big test for the texas secondary i
0: mean if you get in there and if 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 it looked OU, great so far man thompson and uh they oh have. my god Bar- uh, thompson and baron you know yeah. playing yeah. fantastic yeah. so sure, far um, yeah th-
1: these guys have been great but on the oklahoma side uh, let me tell you guys remember the name nick anderson that has been the guy that, that has kind of been the burner right there for, for the OU in the passing game. I mean, dude's averaging almost like 28. 28- yards per reception. He's got five touchdowns. Big, so, yeah, big so,
0: play, the ex- the explosive big play play playmaker. Big so. play dude.
1: He's he's not, he hasn't caught the most balls, but he's kind of been the one right there that they go to when 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 they're attempting to make a big they play. They
0: gotta dial something yeah. up, right? Yeah. 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 yeah and, Venables and Venables has has been great at that. Usually Venables is known sure. for a defensive pedigree, man. But I mean, you know, allowing you know, these boys that get after here on third down and getting explosive. That's what I talked about, too, like majors, you know, exploding out of the backfield. But, yeah, Rodney, elabor- elaborate on that a little bit further.
1: And, and, and I think the other part of that is where, where OU will come out and test the the Texas secondary is, yeah, it's one thing. You give up a big play, a big catch, you know, yards after catch, a run, whatever. But depending on what happens in the secondary, I mean, you get a pass interference penalty. That's first down. So, you know, I, I think they really do. I, I think they come out and they test that secondary because and, – and, again, the, the – uh, I think this is the best offense that they've faced. I think this is the best quarterback. No offense, Jalen Milrow. This is the best quarterback that Texas has faced to this point, most complete quarterback. And it's going to be a chess match, man. First half is going to be fun. And I think that's where you, we may get another, you know, 13 to three game at the half. And then, and that's where that second half that I keep harping about, where it's going to get really good for them to come out. Then that's, then that's where you start winning the line of scrimmage with the hog mollies and doing all that and you put this game, put this game away and just, just get out of there with a win. I don't give a damn if it's a one point or, or, or 20, just get out of there with a win.
0: That's, that's all we need, right? man. Like I said it feels like a three- to four-point game, and the line right now is six and a half. I yeah. don't give a damn, man. I ain't betting on it. I don't, no. I don't bet on emotional games, no. bro. When I'm no. too emotionally invested, I stay the hell away from it. I don't like – we talk about mental health a lot. We preach about mental health a lot. My God, if you care about your mental health, don't bet on this game, please. No. Or at least that's no. for me, man. I just got to be able to sit back and enjoy the game and be – usually it's, it's – it's a lot better, especially if we win. It's a lot better if I watch it on the second time through. I talked about this when we played Alabama. It's just a really tense game for me to watch, man. It's the best reality TV, that's for sure. Let's go to some of these uh, uh, the messages on the YouTube chat here. By the way, if you need to hit us up on the text line, it is the CODA text line, guys. 512-222-9328. How about that, Rodney? A little bit of racing, getting back into your bones here. It's
1: Pretty damn cool, dude. Um, U.S. Grand Prix coming up October 20th, 29th. 22nd. Man, the 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 Max Verstappen show. Can he do it again? I mean, what? A, and not only that, I mean, it's just a great weekend out there. You got the Killers. You got Queen with Adam Lambert. Mm okay but uh, you you've got that happening out there i mean get yourself out to and and a little psa guys Uh, i've also been told this on the legit part if you're planning to go to coda don't be rolling up there trying to park in public park and that shit's sold out. <laughs> you better, you better take a bus. You better go to Dell Valley High School. You better find some other way to get there because you ain't rolling up there like you're going to uh you know Cotton Bowl Speedway out in Page. That place is sold out on parking dude. Super cool get right there uh by BK. I heard some folks saying that I was imperative with that. I didn't do shit. That's all Brad Kellner getting that stuff oh, right shit.
0: there. Nice. I Well, I mean, I'm sure it's uh, it goes hand in hand. And of course, BK is the lead of this thing, man. He has been doing fantastic work putting Texas sports unfiltered together. Make sure you're pounding that subscribe button if you haven't already. Tell five friends like Harge always tells people, um, and everything will just take care of itself, man. Joe Cab comes in here with a dynamic delivery. If you think about it, OU has only had five weeks to prepare for this game. Um, they've been playing just scout teams. Rodney, break it down. I mean, putting up 50 burgers, you know, putting up 73 burgers. What they hit 66 2 against Tulsa. Hold on, let me pull this up. You mean SMU is
1: not like a legit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Arkansas about, State? <laughs> we talk about opposition, right? And yeah, if you want to go strength of schedules here, you can clearly say so far through the campaign. Texas has had a tougher schedule. We talked about how Wyoming's going to finish eight and five, or at least that's what I predict. Alabama feels like they have righted the ship. They're at four and one. They're playing, you know, Texas A and M. We'll see, and I, I think Texas A and M might have a shot. We'll see. We will definitely see. I'd like to see, you know, Alabama actually just blow the doors off this thing, because of course that makes our strength of schedule look that much better, and or makes us, um, it makes us look. I tried to explain this to my, to my kid. I told you this the other day. He was just like, well, you know, don't we, you know, don't we want Alabama or every team that we beat to lose? And I'm like, no, nah, man, you want them to win because it makes your, make sure, um, makes you look sexier. As a matter of fact, uh, anyways, though, Iowa state 50 to 20, putting up a 50 burger on that Cincinnati was the toughest game that they have had. And that's where I told you, they struggled into the midfield in the midfield with that hook, the curl zone and into the flats here. um, We'll also get, you know, the breakdown from John when he comes on in just a couple of minutes here. Um, but why don't you tell them about our friends at Covert here, Rodney, before oh, we have man. our guests come on?
1: I gotta tell you all about the Coverts. I mean, what a great family out there, Covert B Cave. 42 acres out there in the beautiful hill country, uh, B cave, take the ride out there, go see those folks. Uh, if anything, just to go uh, check out the beauty, uh, that you get to see out there. We got some rain come in. Um, you, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to get some water out in the lakes and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, by the way, guys be weather aware, because last week they said we might have a storm and now my, my house is all beat to shit. My car is like totaled. So, um, be weather aware because, uh, there's some weather coming. So, uh, that's kind of your PSA right there. The three state-of-the-art dealerships out there um, with Covert B-Caves, seven different brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chryslers, Dodges, Jeeps, and the Rams. And of course, if you're looking for the Fords and the Chevrolets, uh, Covert Hutto out uh, Highway 79 and the staple out here on Research Boulevard, it is the Fords and the Lincolns that is uh, uh, here in Austin with uh, Covert Chevrolet. Covert B-Cave services, all makes and models of your family. Truckster, get, let, let them handle all that like I talk about all the time, I rate the hood on my car and I'm like I'm not messing with that stuff I don't even know where the oil pan is on these cars these days or I would change my own oil I ain't messing with that then I don't have anywhere to put the oil because in the old days I'd go bury it in the backyard now you can't do that you go to jail for that so take it over there they've got 86 service bays and they will take care of you lickety split covert check out the weekly specials right there on the website do say hello to our man uh Dan Covert and the great uh, folks out there Proud partners right here with us with Texas Sports Unfiltered. Covert family doing it since 1909, a staple in the Austin and Central Texas area. And remember, when it comes to the coverts, nobody beats a covert deal, not now, and sure as hell, not ever. I add the sure as hell in their advertisements. They don't say that part, but that's what we do on Texas
0: Sports Unfiltered. Uh, you know, we all have our watermark or our statement. That's yours, obviously, and of course, mine is the, you know, with all, all those, the shenanigans that I do here. But let's welcome on our guest, John Whitson. God, I hope I'm saying that right. I hope it's not Whitson and I'm just butchering it. It is Whitson. It. He gives me the heads up. Yay. My Texas degree does come in handy here. <laughs> uh, welcome to Chaos Theory, John. You are a part of a awesome... An awesome podcast that really I just started uh, checking out the other day, man. And it is called Boomer Bevo Pod, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that where we can follow you more on that? I mean, clearly on Twitter there, but any other uh, socials that you have?
2: Absolutely. Boys, it's fantastic to be on here. Thank you for getting us on. The Boomer Bevo Podcast uh, was created by Kevin Miller and myself. He's a huge Texas fan. I'm a huge OU fan, OU grad. We worked together. We've been talking about doing it for years and years, and we're just we've been on now for well, we did seventy five episodes as of last night. Wow! And we talk OU Texas. This is like Christmas for us. Uh, We're so excited. Uh, And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you guys getting us on. I'm looking forward to talking about some uh, OU Texas and breaking this thing down.
0: Absolutely brother but I mean before we get into the you know the steak of and potatoes in the gridiron man like we we got to talk a little bit about the pageantry, right like just to give you a little bit of transparency I'm an East Coast dude uh, I transplanted to to, uh, to Austin after the Marine Corps and you know went to uh, went to the University of Texas graduated from the University of Texas myself um, and really seen kind of dare I say m- mediocre you know football for for the past you know decade now man or since my stint here in Austin and graduating and you know I don't want to feel like it's me that's bringing the the team down you know but anyways that's that's a long run of it dude
2: it's been a great are you saying you've got some PTSD that you're trying to overcome this week that 49 you. to 0 you're Thank saying you. 49 to 0 a win against Bama that's not enough we got to
0: keep it going, John. Yeah, UTF- we got to absolutely keep yeah. it going. The the all gas, no breaks, like uh, Sarkeesian likes to say. But as the dude, you know, not being from Texas and Austin, I haven't been able to get up to the fairgrounds to, te- you know, to taste the taste of food or whatnot or see all the other pageantry. What is your favorite thing on Saturday besides the, you know, the battle that happens on the gridiron? Uh,
2: red velvet, um, uh, red velvet beer. I had red velvet beer before the 2008 and it had a lot of sugar in it. And it was the worst hangover I ever had. And the hangover kicked in about the time Jordan Shipley is running straight at me on a touchdown return. And it's like, is this Jordan Shipley's hangover or is this the red velvet beer? I'm not sure. It was the best thing and the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And, And to see Jordan Shipley come straight at me pretty much guaranteed i was never going to drink that crap again right oh it was fantastic it, it tasted good going down though it tasted it was good a, going down
0: maybe it was a hallucinogenic well it you know as the no you know, reality it, shows it was no it,
2: hallucinogenic. Wags, well, it was all too real it was all too real the seas part i was in that that was the first year for that new section where they had added kind mm. of those end zone upper end zone seats and it was a really hot day and we're up 14-3. to three. We're rolling. This is Sam Bradford. This is DeMarco Murray. This is Jermaine Grisham. I mean, Gerald McCoy. We are loaded, right? Y'all are loaded. This is, you know, this is the most anticipated OU Texas game since, you know, the early 2000s at the time. And to see the C's part for Jordan freaking Shipley was the worst feeling in the world. But, yes, the pageantry is fantastic. The grass is greener. The crimson is Crimsoner, the burnt <laughs> orange makes me want to puke more than it does any other freaking week of the year, and I love every second of it.
0: Oh man, I love, I, man, I I love the uh the passion and the conviction for OU because I can feel it in your bones, man. Even though it makes me want to cringe and just puke, but I get well, it too.
2: Dude, listen, man, I grew up in San Antonio. Okay, so I went to San Antonio Taft. I'm I was born in Lubbock. I have been surrounded by Texas the my entire life up until my senior year of high school. And there were rough years in the 90s, right, when I was in high school. So I, uh, I, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. I don't even know that we fielded a team for a couple of those years, but in any case, to be able to then go to the University of Oklahoma, be there when we win a national championship, be there for some of those big wins, um, it just makes it all the sweeter. But looking at this week, dude, this is the most anticipated game since 2008.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Is, is this matchup clearly one of the highest touted uh, matchups coming into it since the the middle odds? And you just answered my question there. What makes this matchup so sexy? We have quarterbacks, both quarterbacks on each side of the ball here that can sling it. And it looks like yours might be fleet of foot and Gabriel as well here, dude. Both these dudes can get it through the air, and they're not afraid to, to take the rock into their own hands and tote it. Uh, what do you like about this breakdown for your side of the
2: ball? Well, real quick though, on that one, Rodney scared scared me to death yesterday when I was listening into you guys. The Quinn Ewers run game is mm. a new development. That's a new wrinkle. It is. Right, right. And I don't like it. Right. It's not a called play. I was talking to our my co-host Kevin Miller, who breaks down, you know, he's like, John, it's not a called play. It's his his big concern about Quinn has always been that he he throws when he throws off balance, he doesn't throw well. When they get yeah. off schedule, he doesn't throw well. Well now, instead of throwing off balance or putting himself in a bad position, dude, he's making the right decision to go run to open ground. That is yeah. a bad combination yeah. for Oklahoma's yeah. defense to have to now deal with that little wrinkle. So, I'm concerned about that. However, on our side, you look at the statistics on if you if you took out Dylan Gabriel's name and Quinn Ewers' name and you just looked at the statistics, 75% completion percentage versus 66, 1600 yards versus 1400 yards. 15 touchdowns versus 10 touchdowns, you would say Oklahoma has a ginormous advantage against Quinn Ewers. I mean, yeah. he he's playing Dylan Gabriel. And listen, guys, out, man. there's a contingent of Oklahoma fan that can't stand Dylan Gabriel, right? That's how spoiled Oklahoma fan is, is that we look at these stats and say not good enough. Yeah. But this guy's playing great. And so I'm excited that he's our guy. The concern, though, is it's his first year. And right, we've seen yeah. quarterbacks go down on their first year and just puke down their leg. He yeah, took,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: look at Baker. Look at Baker in '15, guys. I mean, how in the world does a one in four Texas team beat Baker Mayfield in 2015? We went to the playoffs with that team. Baker's yeah. a third. He 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 was a fourth place Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, a Heisman Trophy candidate, and yet at the same time, he puked down his leg, played one yeah. of his worst games.
1: Well, and I think that's part of this game. You know, we, we were talking about the pageantry and just kind of the, the rivalry. Hype, level of yeah. You know, I mean, th- that happens and you get a breakout star and all this stuff. I mean, you, you go back and chronicle this thing as far back as I have. And there's always someone that steps to the forefront and it's like, shit, where'd that dude come from? But, but I, I want to get, I want to get your thoughts, John, with, with this OU team. Um, I see the similarities there with, with. What OU has had to do right here with, with Brent Venables, with with Sarkeesian, this has kind of been an overhaul right here. I mean, I know last year was what it was, and I know that, that Oklahoma's put that in the rearview mirror. And quite frankly, Texas needs to do that as well because that time has passed. But kind of kind of what you're seeing right here. I mean, this seems like a program where he's putting his stamp on this. They're still questioning is he, he- is he a head coach? I don't know if he is or not. But shit, they're five and zero and coming into this game ranked. Yeah,
0: it's only second year. I mean, and so yeah. I mean after the transition that he had in year one, you got to think there's going to be a little bit of it, but it looks like he's been able to right the ship. Yeah.
2: So guys, for Brent Venables, it all comes down to the defense. And Mm -hmm. last year we did not have the horses to put out a defensive Mm -hmm. product at Mm -hmm. all. And so this year you look at the competitive depth on defense. That's where we're starting to see the improvement. Is it going to be enough for Saturday? I don't know, but I feel a heck of a lot better than it was last year in terms of, just, just dogs, right? Just dudes that can go out and ball. Because we didn't have that last year. You start looking at our secondary. You got five-star Peyton Bowen, who's not even starting, and that dude's making plays all over. Reggie Pearson, the transfer from Texas Tech. That's another body that we threw in there. Deson mccullough was the Before,
0: uh, yeah.
2: freshman, freshman of the year out of uh, the Big Ten, who's a transfer. Those three guys alone in the secondary have made a ginormous impact. And it's that kind of dude. I can't even remember the last time I said. Oklahoma had a good secondary. Those words haven't come out of my mouth in 12 years. And so at this point to say we have a good secondary, guys, it feels good. It feels really good. Yeah, John, and, we
0: we also know that Venables likes to switch it up. He gives you a lot of multiple looks, man. Uh, what? Let's talk about that. What are some of the things that you might be uh, You know, kind of confused a little bit about seeing some of the disguised looks that OU likes to represent?
2: Well, I think it's going to be You know, – y'all were talking about it right before I came on. A lot of it's going to depend on if Saunders plays or not, right? Mm -hmm. If Jatavion Saunders plays, we're going to have to play a lot more straight up. I don't think we can be as creative because that's just too, that's a lot of weapons, guys. I mean, between Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Whittington, who's having a quiet year, but dude, that's the kind of dude that's going to break out in one of these games with all the attention on the other receivers. So if Sanders plays, I think you got to see McCullough heavy on pass coverage. If he doesn't, I think you could see McCullough dropping in on run protection. And I think that's where you kind of see the push and pull and how important it is to get your big tight end on the field. Kevin yeah. and I had a huge fight over, you know, do I want to see Sanders going up against McCullough? And the answer is yes, I really do. I want to see good on good. I want to see Jatopi mm-hmm. on Sanders play. That's who I, I want to beat y'all at your best. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. and I think that McCullough gives us the best opportunity to kind of shut him down. Um, but yeah, and you know what? We haven't even talked about Stutzman. This guy, listen, Dude. as good as Jalen Ford is playing, two interceptions, you're here's the deal. This is what I said yesterday. Jalen Ford and Danny Stutzman could end up being first team All Americans together. Yep. And they won't win Big 12 Defensive
1: Player of the Year. I totally agree. Yeah, w- with those two guys, and I'm, I'm glad, John, that you mentioned the secondary because we were talking about that earlier. I, I think that's going to be one of the early matchups right there. To where to where Texas may try to test that secondary. I think that matchup right there. I, I mean, using the Texas wideouts and all that, and of course Sanders. That's one thing. It depends whether he's in there or not as a decoy or at 80 percent or whatever the case right there, man. But that secondary right there is going to test this offense of the Texas Long horns.
0: So the one well, thing and, and also John to, to piggyback off of that real quick we are we're speaking speaking with John Whitson here from the Boomer Bevo podcast. Make sure you guys give them a follow on Twitter at Boomer Bevo Pod, please. Thank you so much. Um big fans of theirs. Uh so to to piggyback off of what Rodney just said there, the secondary is tough, but where I've seen a little bit of holes so far has been in the middle of the field with the mm-hmm. linebacking core, just a little bit in pass coverage, right? Um they struggled a little bit against Cincinnati. Mateo here. I mean Mateo was the leading the the leading pass cat or the leading pass uh uh receiver during that game, uh what I think two weeks ago or whatever, just in yardage and in allowed explosive plays. Now it's been decent consistency through the middle of the field from Oklahoma. But there has been a little bit of holes where they can get attacked at. And I think if JT Sanders does play, man, it's going to be a big key component for the victory for the Longhorns to win on Saturday.
2: No, we gave up against Iowa State, who is just terrible, right? We gave up a 67-yard pass play in the first quarter and a 51-yard pass play at the beginning of the second quarter. Right down the middle, right through our safeties. Uh, I mean, we had a safety run in the completely other direction. But including – however, the silver lining to that is with a 67-yard pass play and a 51-pass play included in this statistic, we held them to 202 passing yards. So we made the adjustments, right? But here's the problem. You can't give up two wide-open passes to your wide receivers, right? We can't get in the hole like we did against Iowa State. We can recover against Iowa State. You're not recovering against – you're not recovering against uh, worthy AD Mitchell and those dudes. And then the problem is, though – Here's for me the biggest concern as an Oklahoma fan. I'm I'm really really confident with our receivers. I'm really confident with Gabriel. It's y'all's running game versus our running game. It's mm-hmm. such an advantage for you right now, and it's been a struggle all year. I think Tawi Walker, a walk-on, gives us the best opportunity to compete. He's the toughest runner. Yards after uh, contact yeah. is leading our team by a large margin.
0: He's fantastic um, out of the backfield, too. He's great. You know, he's got fantastic hands, especially on yeah. third down. And I think Major can carve people up as well, man. I, you know, you, you you talk about how, you know, though the locker room, the the running back locker room is, is going to be won by Texas here. But you got to talk about these backs from Oklahoma. They're deadly on third down. They've been very efficient, especially being, you know, safety valves for Gabriel coming out of the backfield.
2: Well, and see, Marcus Major is one of those backs that has been around forever right? Mm-hmm. He is a, he's an Oklahoma kid, and every single year Oklahoma fan has wanted him to be good. Like, is this the year? Is this the year? Is this the year? It's, rather, it, it's either been injury, or somebody just a little bit better, or whatever the case may be. In this case, I still think it's an injury. Javante Barnes isn't 100%. Gavin Sanchuk hasn't been right since the spring. So this is Marcus Major's opportunity. He's wanted to play against Texas. He's wanted to be in this spotlight. Oklahoma fan will be stoked if he can yeah. show up on Saturday.
1: Well, and I think a lot of this also is, John, because if you're an Oklahoma fan, what, what you don't want is you don't want Dylan Gabriel shouldering the the load on, on the ground. I mean, you, you you can't do that against his defense because you need that dude upright. I mean, don't you agree? I mean, it's weird that there's not an Oklahoma back that you zero in on and be like, okay, this is going to be the guy. But it's just not there at, the, at this point. And that's part of the program, you know, growing, you know, with what Venables is doing at this point.
2: Dude, the problem is y'all got guys like Sweat, Murphy, Broughton, Hill Jr. I mean, you're loaded on the defensive line. If we don't stay committed to the run, see the hat, if mm-hmm. we don't stay committed, if we don't stay committed to the run, even if it's yeah. not effective, we have to keep you honest because if if we let Hill Jr. 16, all. 1,600
0: yards to the air, though, it's it's pretty damn good though, John. No, you it know. is,
2: it is, but the only way we're getting that right. So keep in mind that we got Jeff Levy as our offensive coordinator, okay? Jeff Levy is out of the Bryles tree. We remember Bryles was on our sure. you know, we all got in trouble for our Bryles being on the field a couple <laughs> weeks ago, right? I mean, that's his that's his oh, that's, the, that's the grandfather of his kids, in case you didn't pick up on that. So anyway, we've got the the Leby the Levy slash Bryles offense is predicated on the uh, on uh, play action. <laughs> so we have to We have to keep that run going, even if it's not effective. Now, you hope to break a couple, but we have to keep you honest to to, one, to keep your defensive line at a little at bay and two, to open up the passing lanes down the field. So that's going to be the matchup, I think, is going to determine if we can effectively run the ball and consistently run the ball, then we have a chance to take advantage of it in the passing game.
0: When you say run the damn ball, do you think that maybe OU will come out and do, do a couple of twenty-two, you know, personnel, or come out maybe stick to a, you know a run and shoot with eleven? Um,
2: oh no, they won't run it. They won't run the ball. That would be the dream. That would be the dream. That would be what every Oklahoma fan would want is for us to line up and try to assert ourselves. But no, we won't. Uh, we'll stay in an eleven. And you know, the other problem is not the problem, but you know, I just love the way you guys use your tight end. We have Stogner. We were very excited to get Austin Stockner back. Yeah. He left with Spencer Rattler, and that was great. I mean, he was fine. Nobody was mad at him. He left with Spencer Rattler. Then he comes back, and we're like, oh, man, we've got a, a real, you know, weapon here. Dude, I think he's averaged maybe one catch a, a, a week. He's it's not targeted. Long. He's not targeted, so we're not getting the, that big body, that big presence. And um, But, hey, you know, when you've got receivers like Nick Anderson and Andrew Anthony, Anthony, yeah. and don't forget, dude, uh, y'all know Brennan Thompson. That dude can oh, yeah. fly. He had two big catches, deep passes against Iowa State. The biggest problem is I don't know that Quinn Ewers has the arm to keep up with Brendan Thompson, right? I don't mm-hmm. think he can out throw Brendan Thompson because that dude is fast.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about OU's wide receiver room, John. What do you guys like about them, and uh, what do you think that will they will do to shine on Saturday?
2: Andrew Anthony, the transfer from Michigan, has uh, he solidified himself as the number one all summer. Kevin and I on the Boomer Bebo podcast podcasted. Has We were wondering, who's going to be the number one receiver? Is it Farouk? Is it um, Anthony? Who's it going to be? It's clearly Anthony. The guy, he's who he looks, he's who DG looks for, and he's done a great job. Farouk, really solid. Stoops is that, I mean, to give a comparison to Texas, is the Jordan Shipley type yep. player, right? The position, the possession receiver, pick up the third down, make the tough catch over the middle. Stoops is really, really good at that. But you talked about it. I think it was you, Rodney, brought it up just a second ago. The break, if we are to win, the breakout player will be Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. Yeah. His brother uh, was Rodney Anderson, who broke out against y'all in 2017. The back half of the 2017 season, Rodney Anderson might have, I don't think might have, was the best running back in college football. He was yeah. fantastic the last six games of that game. If we would have run it on fourth and one against Georgia in the Rose Bowl in overtime, we win that game with Rodney Anderson. He was the best player on the field. He had 220 yards against Georgia's yeah. defense. I mean, he was yeah. fantastic. He yeah. goes on to break his leg two or three times. The poor guy, he just could never stay healthy. His brother, this is who this guy is. That's the genes he comes from. Guys, five touchdowns already. He's not mm-hmm. starting. He's not a starting wide receiver, and the dude's got five touchdowns. He's big. He's long. He's rangy. Yeah. He's fast. He's tough. This yeah. is the dude that has to have the breakout game. He's Ten, receptions.
1: A, Ten receptions. Ten receptions. He's batting 50%. That's pretty damn oh. good if you ask me. Right? Well, yeah. He,
2: and he's <laughs> got to have a uh, CD lamb-like game, I think, mm. to win. A 2019 CD game, which might, that might be a lot. But he needs to have that kind of game for Oklahoma to win. I think he can do it. I think he's got the physical tools. The problem is your secondary is not bad. Allowing four touchdowns. Y'all got six interceptions. Uh, the coverage has created 13 sacks. It's a heck of that to me is a heck of a matchup. I give the slight edge to Oklahoma just on the numbers, but it's just like what y'all were saying earlier. It every one of these matchups with maybe the exception of the OU running game is Mm. really, really tight.
0: Right. And of course, what makes that secondary, you know, play so healthy and play so great is the, the amount of pressure that Texas has been able to get with just sending minimal uh, you know, minimal personnel, whether it be, you know, four down linemen and then, you know, dialing up, you know, a blitz off the edge or a blitz up the gap and, you know, up the A-gap. Um, Really haven't had to dial up too much pressure, right? They've been able to get it just from a solid front. If you're allowed to do that and, you know, drop people back and take away passing lanes, it's going to be very t- – especially on Saturday, it's going to be very tough for Gabriel to do so. That's why I think Major and Walker will be a key component for the victory – or for oklahoma Easy. to win on saturday yeah. if they were able to convert that on third down i mean yeah. we all know this man it's 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 not coach speak it's not cliche like the battle is one in between the in the trenches yeah. so that you don't get in you don't get in like third and long situations man if you can do that you're staying ahead of the chains and you're, you're usually going to yeah. win the damn game yeah
2: well you look at you look at 2021 right that the, the i have to get that mentioned on tech. I, I was waiting to mention this game but you look at 2021 all the credit went to Caleb Williams and and Marvin Mims, and rightfully so, huge plays, dude. It was Rodney Anderson running for 222 yards. Right. I mean, not Rodney Anderson. I'm sorry, Kennedy Brooks Kennedy running Brooks. for 222. Yeah. That's what kept us in that game. That's what moved the chains. That's what the walk off touchdown was. It was the running game. We don't have that running game. Caleb Williams is, you know, he's getting back there, and it's 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 a nice story, but it's not the greatest comeback in the history of the of the rivalry, right? It's it was ro- one in the trenches. It was one run with the running game, and we kind of held Bijan in check right yeah uh yeah. and that was a thing right. uh, you well, know
0: i, th- I, I thought it was play selection you know play call selection as well on our side of the ball Then, oh well that...
2: sark learned some lessons i think right. as, as a Correct. coach in that game you know that was the first game that it's kind of like what we talk about with yeah. the players right that's the, the first coaching matchup for him in the big 12 and the cotton bowl it just feels different you got to do different things there's a different energy the momentum gets you going one way or the other um but dude xavier worthy that guy was so good in that game. Um, we we went through uh, two days ago. We did the best performances. I just remember sitting in that end zone and having Xavier Worthy running straight at me on the very first play of the game. Yeah. And he's so fast. He's so good. I think our secondary is vastly improved, even from where it was two years ago. But, man, I can't unsee that. I can't unsee that talent. And it's, it's, it's keeping me up.
0: Yeah, John, John, right now the line is six and a half in favor to the burnt orange and they're expecting an explosive performance from both squads with the over under at 60 and a half. If you were a betting man and had to call your cousin here, what is the outcome that you think that you will see on Saturday?
2: Well, I think you take. Well, yeah, of course, with the homer pick, but I do think you take Oklahoma to cover. I think it's closer than a touchdown game. If yeah, I would say
0: three or four.
1: Yeah, it depends on Sanders. Teams, Depends on Sanders, I think it
2: does a lot of it. Depends on Sanders if both teams play well, or or I guess conversely, if they both play bad, right? Then I think you've got a really close game. If if one team kind of decides to just fall asleep, which is really hard to do in this game, right? Um, I I think that you could see this the point spread. The interesting thing about it is, as of last night, it was like 91% of the money was on Texas, and it makes sense, right? If I'm a casual better, it's week six. I look at the book and I say, "Oh, uh, this say on Sunday when it was five and a half." I go, "Well, Texas beat Bama, and last time they played Oklahoma, they won forty nine nothing." Uh, I think I'm going to bet Texas. Like yeah. to me, that's yeah. the yeah. logic no that's go- no no That's the logic that's going into the line, right? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I, I want to ask you before we cut you loose because uh, kind of fan to fan, fan to fan. We were talking about this a while ago. Here we go, Texas OU. On our way out of the Big 12, all the disdain that the Big 12 has for uh, both schools leaving—how great is it? A game of this magnitude on our way out the door. Um, I think this is super cool, right here for for both schools.
2: Well, I, well, first of all, Ronnie, I think it's the first of two. I think it's the first, I think we'll have an encore in December. You know, I think we'll be a, I think we'll be in Jerry World together in December, regardless of what happens on Saturday. Not that I don't want to beat your brains in on Saturday, but I think we're going to have a rematch. <laughs> um second of all it's a glorious middle finger to the big 12 who's treated us like crap over the last two years i can't stand it both schools to to make me feel sorry for texas and the way y'all get calls called is just means that the big 12 has done a masterful job of being absolutely horrible right i mean this reminds me the officiating you're being kind
0: you're being kind
2: it reminds me the officiating from remember the titans you know what i'm saying it's it's (laughs) like it's that level of conspiracy we're dealing with here and it's it's a joke now does that mean we're doing this in together? I don't think we're doing this together. I think that it's better for Oklahoma and it's better for Texas when we're both really good. I mean, look that's at true. this week. This is better than when Oklahoma's limping in at three and two, right? For both you and me, it's better for our fans, for our schools. That doesn't mean we want to don't want to blow the brains out of each other. If I can beat y'all seventy-seven to nothing like we did a And M back in the day, that's how bad I would beat you. Like I I want to destroy for you sure. and then and then destroy you again in December. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a hell of a game, and I absolutely cannot wait.
0: I love it, man. Hey, John, what's the uh, what's the Beaver Podcast got uh, got coming up?
2: So we are doing um, we're doing as much content as we can this week. We'll have our regular show tonight, where we'll go through the rest of the games around the country, break down this game a little bit more, make our picks, that whole sort of thing. Um, we're going to be running some specials on Thursday and Friday to get ready for the game, and then we'll have a post game recap on Sunday. We don't normally keep that schedule. Typically, we're a two-week, uh, two-show a week schedule with previews on Wednesday and and um, recaps on Sunday. But hey, man, it's OU Texas. Like, you got to bring is, it, right?
1: It's a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah you no got, doubt. yeah.
2: You, this is Christmas. This is Christmas, it Halloween, is. the 4th of July. Uh, we're landing on the moon on Saturday. It's fantastic. Ho,
1: ho, ho. And <laughs> no so, doubt about it, brother. No but yeah, doubt check, about
2: it. check us out. Boomer Bebo podcast, wherever you get your pods, YouTube, Spotify google itunes whatever doesn't matter we're there follow us on twitter um listen texas fan you need to step up so we're in oklahoma kevin is surrounded by ou fans his wife is a two-time graduate at oklahoma he has to work with me every day who's a graduate of oklahoma he's stuck in more in norman oklahoma he needs texas fan support this is a two-tiered uh podcast it's oklahoma and texas So, Texas fans, step up, start supporting your boy, give him some help because he needs it because he gets roasted every week by me. (laughs) I love it. It's John Winston from the Boomer Bebo podcast,
0: man, bringing the heat, man, as usual. Hopefully, we can all bring the heat on Saturday because the sun's definitely going to do it up there in Dallas as well. Hey, brother, nothing but the best, man. Great stuff from you, John. We look forward to seeing you on Saturday, man.
2: Y'all enjoy this Saturday. It's going to be great. Boomer. Hook him, him. (laughs) there he goes man what it's all about right there dude dude. that's what it's all about
0: bk for lining that guy up for us too man it's been a little bit of a rough week for both sides uh of the ball here um thank you so much bk for lining that up man that was a great guest and a fun conversation to have i like what he said though about how you know they're going to have to be able to have balance and run the ball. Yeah. Cause right now what you're seeing, it's just more of an aerial assault from OU. Right. Yeah. And you kind of expected it. I didn't really think that Gabriel was going to come out and be able to sling it like this during the campaign that he's had, man, but he has been fantastic, dude. Um, And, yeah. and John also brought up a good point, dude. If you can keep the balance rolling, dude, you keep the defense, you know, having the having the guess or, or, you know, keeping them on their heels. Right. That's something that OU hasn't been able to do, but what, you know, Catty corner that, you know, on the other side of the ball, that's something that Texas has done well so far too. Like you, you talked about how how it's a new addition for Ewers to be able to do the bootlegs and for be able to scramble for, for thirty yards. This is a new added weapon to the offense of this highly potent offense that was already there.
1: Yeah, and I think that's 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 kind of the, the the glaring issue right there, and he talked about it right there as well, John. John Whitson, what a, what a great interview that was right there. But the lack the lack of the rushing attack, I think for for Oklahoma is really the one thing that's going to be pivotal right here. I mean, but because like what we were talking about right there, when you're gonna if you're gonna rely on Dylan Gabriel to be your the, you know the wheels right there for you, I mean that that you know one hit right there and he's out of the game, and that changes a lot of different things. And we've seen this, and that seems to have been something kind of the uh, repetitive thing that we've seen for the longhorns this year is you get to play the backup quarterback i mean you get that i'm not saying hurt the dude but you get him out of the game and boom it's a brand new ball game it but is. there just isn't that bell cow that we talk about with a running back for oklahoma and i think that's going to no. be massive in this game no, you got to I mean, go down the field you got to like go down walker, the field
0: walker might be the most explosive back but i do like what major is major is a one cut back i mm-hmm. like uh, a I do think that he has the potential to hurt Texas, but not the mm-hmm. way that this linebacker no. is playing. All right. Let's we'll talk about more Texas OU to exhaustion. Also, you'll talk a lot Texas OU coming up here in the next hour because Earl Campbell's oh, going to wow. be coming on with hanging with he's going Tyler. to be hanging with Harge. He will be hanging with Harge, So Thank make God. sure you guys stick around for that. Um, also, real quick before we get out of here, man, elimination game for the Rays. Dude, Rays un. Characteristic not to take anything away from Texas last night, but four errors on the night last night for the Rays probably the worst they've ever played in their in their entire you know owners or I guess span of, of them being you know yeah. the Rays because we can't call them the Devil Rays anymore for some reason. Uh, but anyway, since they've been in Tampa, um, and this was at the trop too, Rodney. So for Texas yeah. to go out there and, and be able to have the first game under their belt and you know. The the added pressure is definitely on the Rays. As an Orioles fan, I'm licking my chops, man, because I did not want to play the Rays. I just don't. I'd I'd much rather play Texas than, than the Rays.
1: You see the one dude sitting behind home plate with the devil rays shirt on. I'm like, oh, dude, oh, yeah. come on now, yeah. Re- relocate him. Uh, we can't you even hurt have somebody's enough. feelings. Yeah, but but there you go, man. There's your uh, there's your trade deadline acquisition. No, I'm not talking about Max Scherzer. I'm talking about Jordan Montgomery. Dude right. came out 100. and pitched that seven solid innings. Yeah, you know, gave up six hits. Best he's ever looked. Out
0: five. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the bull- then on the other hand of that glass now, dude, glass just struggled all night when that splitter's yeah. not working. he can- That's know. his out pitch, dude. When that's not working, dude, he can't get anything. And it almost looked like Texas had his pitches down, man.
1: Well, and, and I can tell you, looking as well. I, I mean, with with as an Astros fan, I mean with with the Blue Jays going down because that, that that's the one that I look at and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I want that. But the Twins, we kind of been laughing at the Twins, casting shade at them. But hell, they they came out. They can eliminate the Blue Jays this afternoon, or, or uh, yeah, this afternoon. So uh, there you go, dude. Playoff baseball, man. Shit Playoff baseball, so my guy.
0: Of course, you know everything's done with audiovisual consultations. Five one two two five five eight six seven eight. The very best in the business here. Uh We'd be able we. I wouldn't be able to watch any of the sports without audiovisual consultations. Now I can watch baseball all day and watch, you know, longhorn football on Saturdays and, you know, Sundays, get it done with NFL as well, man. 512. 255-8678 255-8678 or avconsultations.com. And I'm sure you're going to be talking a lot more baseball with Hanging with Harge. That's coming up next. Let's welcome on Arge to the stage right now. He's got a tremendous guest. Let's tell him all about it, Harge. How are you? Yeah, first cap. and foremost, man? Love oh, the cap, dude. Oh, man. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. That's I had it. to wear I had to put it on my Houston Oilers. I had that's
2: to make it. sure I'd put I put it love out for you Blue
0: great, fans and everybody that's in there. I got a question for you, Wack. Go ahead. On the back of your wall is that an upside down ou where and on right on it your door. door yeah Oh no, is no it's a it's a microphone that says on air oh oh okay oh, i okay. couldn't I, I couldn't zoom in hey close you got door. glasses on right huh you got glasses on don't you man i guess i can't see far away <laughs> oh optometry optometry <laughs> no no I, no, it is uh yeah, it's um it's a little neon thing that my kid got me, man, for Christmas one day. I like man. that. I like that. I'm gonna have to give me one of those so i let everybody know it's pretty know legit. It's pretty legit. There. But anyways, man, I can't wait to see this uh this show coming up it's with great, uh man. with Earl Campbell, man. It's gonna be exciting, man. My nipples are hard, Mike. Yeah, man, I'm excited about it too. Earl Earl is the legend, and I'm sure that all of our fans that'll be tuning in today are excited to hear what he has to say about this Texas football team. What he thinks about the NFL. And I'm gonna ask him about the lack of respect for the running back positions. So yes. Hear hear it. It. That'd be that great dude to, to ask
1: about that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Perfect. We're out of here, guys. Hook him. Appreciate yeah. you guys, as always. All right, brother.